Do you believe in life after love? No. What comes next? Life is made by love. I'm sorry. Or rape. Oh, okay. Fuck. <laughs> 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 Took That's a turn. Dark. Pretty fast there. Yeah. Shall we start? Uh, yeah, go on then. I think I'm introducing. I think I'm introducing too. <laughs> Nam and Jaden, FBI. Victor Goddamn Sullivan. Booker DeWitt. Solid Snake. Commander Shepard. Morton Sullivan. You're listening to PlayStation. 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 PlayStation Radio. Radio. Radio UK. This is PlayStation Radio UK. This is 97.1 FM, you're listening to PlayStation Radio UK, it's the 1st of December, time to open the little door in your advent calendar, oh. take out a little chocolate and eat Dad. it, and it's half past 7 in the evening, with me is Ben. Hey Simon, how's it going man? And this is the 101st episode, if we were Dalmatians, we'd be Dalmatia- a Disney Dal- Hang on, Dalmatians? Dalmatians? Dal- Dalmatians? 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 101 Dalmatians? I don't know. You should know. <laughs> Can do better than that. How's it uh, going? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, you know, surviving. I know you had an exciting thing happen to you this past week because it of what did. I saw on Facebook. So I just want to get my boring shit out of the way first. Been a depressing uh, week. <laughs> let's do it. Play my music. Play my music. <laughs> it's time for Ben's depressing week. Uh, so the boiler went out. Oh, great. You sound like Carl Pockington. <laughs> Fucking boilers, yeah. Yeah, the boiler went out, and uh, and I had to... That meant no hot water. You know I live in a shed. It's uh, It was problematic for me. Mm. Getting up in the morning um, at uh, half six in the freezing cold was, was super cool. I haven't had to do that since I used to work in retail and had to work at 3 a.m. delivery shifts <laughs> before the heating came on Yeah, back in the old days. But yeah, now it's uh, it's back on. We're good. But uh, this isn't all in Ben's depressing a week or month because someone reversed into my car at work and then drove off. Ugh. And it's been quite the saga. The police have been involved. The guy admits to being there and says it wasn't him. And then there was someone who saw him do it because they left a note on my car. And then he said, OK, fair enough. But the police couldn't press charges because the person uh, who left the note didn't leave any contact details. So they couldn't take a witness statement. So they had to let it go. And now I tried to contact him through the insurance and he denied all knowledge in it. And now I'm just trawling through security footage at work trying to catch him doing it. Uh, well, so it's been a you get that. fucking pain in the ass, man. A At least you've, you've got access to the security footage. Yes, it's yeah. right next to where I work, so it's so it's all good. Thank, hopefully you can go through and uh, and find the moment. The quality is is dog poop. Is dog it? poop, yeah. But I, I, my spirits were lifted the other day, Simon. You know, okay. I work at Arkham Asylum. 
yes. uh, on the mental health site. And uh, I was late for work, as I usually am these days, because I'm committed to the cause. I was walking through the car park. Someone walked past with what I later discovered was a nurse. So I, I heard a snippet of his really fascinating conversation. Okay. And it went something along the lines of, they're all angels. Everyone around us. Even this guy, he's an angel. And I was like, oh, fucking angel. <laughs> Mental patient thinks I'm an angel. Highlight of my week right yeah, there. Yeah, it's that fucking day made. I might as well get back in my car and go straight back into traffic again. What you should have done is instantly turned around to him and said, The angel of death. <laughs> <laughs> I am the harbinger of your destruction. And then just pushed him over and ran off. <laughs> you can never escape me. Just like add a whole new level to his insanity. Like you know what would have... death at every moment. You know what would have made that? What? Is if I walked past, his nurse just trolled him and said, What guy? <laughs> and he went, Fuck, I'm so unwell. <laughs> I'll never get out. <laughs> I thought I was on the men. <laughs> That's what they do, though, isn't it? They give you drugs to make you insane. Yeah, come on, more suppositories. Let's go. Oh, time for your electric shock treatment. <laughs> yes, let's just put a little pill up your bum. Go on, little pill up the bum. You'll be fine. Seeing angels. I'm seeing angels instead. That's what I was going to do. Just belt out some Robbie Williams. Just this guy, he's an angel. And as I walk up to... And through it... Oh! Yeah, what you need to do is, <laughs> is just constantly bring wings with you. And next time <laughs> just you see, just in. like have the wings. Just every day dress a little bit more like an angel. <laughs> Alright, Jeff. You're you're an angel. Fucking too right I am. Did see you later. Did anything ever move on with the um the pee saga at work? Uh pee saga. Not wanting As to it... pee, and I asked your colleague oh. to uh, He to... did try to run in and catch me, you know that. I was did he? I was going downstairs to so the is toilet. It, is that because discussed. he listened to the podcast? Or because yes. he just knew? Yeah, he, no, <laughs> he was listening. So he, yeah, I went downstairs to go to the toilet. And uh, and I don't know how he saw me because this was when I first entered the building. So I was on the ground floor and I went to the <laughs> toilet. And he ran in as I was washing my hands. He went, oh, fuck, I didn't catch you, did I? You bastard. James, <laughs> the fuck, man? You know, I got, it's difficult for me. <laughs> this is a challenge. Oh, well. Doesn't help. Yeah, I did it. Anyway, you've got stuff going on, yeah? Uh, yes, well, Ugh. yesterday, well, it's been a bit of an eventful weekend because something happened and I had to drive up to Fort William um, <clears throat> quite late at night. And the weather wasn't good, but it was quite an urgent matter that I had to get there for, so it wasn't the kind of thing where you can be like, oh, should I drive to the Highlands today? I'll check mm-hmm. the weather. And on the right. way up, it was snowing. And I was, we turned a corner, I was going up this hill, and there was a flipped upside down car with its lights on. Yeah. And then, so I stopped the car and I said... Because obviously I was stopping the car and I need to check, check my mirror before I can jump out in case I get hit by a truck or something. Right, of course. So I said to the passenger, check that no one else is in the car, you know. Because uh-huh. you could tell it just happened because it was like the lights were on and, and the woman, there was one person on the phone like crying. Right. Um, and she was pretty hysterical. So got out of the car. Mm-hmm. Um, she was fine. I don't know how because <laughs> the car was fucked. Right. Um, and I just waited for the police. Such a good Samaritan. I know. Apparently, should have poked your head through the poke your head through the window and just go, "Hello, (laughs) it's me." (laughs) Apparently, two people um, had driven past. Right, they're bastards. I know, but um, yeah, when we got there, the like her music was so loud, and there was like shitty American punk rock music. I should have just left her, and it was like, well, we know why you crashed. 
We were speeding, weren't you? And then she said, she said, like, in the car, I think I was going too fast. <laughs> You're in shock. Don't say anything that could uh, affect your claim. <laughs> say that into the mic. <laughs> huh? <laughs> um, but no, Sling she was forwards. in. She, yeah, she was fine. So it's all good news. Okay, but then, that's good. But then yesterday... All your troubles seemed so far away. I was thinking, oh, I get to sleep in, nice relaxing day, because that was a bit of an eventful weekend. Mm-hmm. The other thing I don't want to mention on the podcast. Um, and then what happened yesterday, I get a phone call saying, can you come through to Kingdom FM and do um, someone's called in sick? And everyone else was on holiday, so it was just this one guy. He'd been in there since 5am. Right. And if, if I couldn't have went in, he would have had to stay on until 6pm. Uh-huh. So it's a long old day. Um, to be doing the news So I got my first on-air shift Oh my god Yeah, I was doing the news um, And I read seven bulletins How was that for you? It was um, it was nervous Yeah? But then, uh, yeah, from then, like from the first one on it was fine And uh, Willie McPinch, did he have any words of wisdom at all for you before? You see, this is why I texted you I said, thankfully, I didn't relapse into Willie <laughs> Because every time I read the news Since I finished university Mm-hmm. I only do it in Willie's voice, and so I I was dreading <laughs> that I'd just sit down to re- to read the news and go how did you do? Six people have died, <laughs> and it serves him right. <laughs> Cunts. Uh, um, well, well yeah, done, man. Chuff for you. Yeah, got another job Chuffy. interview as well there in the borders. Oh, so cool. Well, good luck with that, my friend. Yeah. Have you um? You're a Netflix guy, right? You you like the Netflix? I am a Netflix guy, yeah. I love the Netflix. I think Netflix is brilliant. Have you seen Jessica Jones yet? No. It's fucking wicked. This Get is the one watched. you mentioned about the Marvel. Yeah, so it's a Marvel series, but it's very adult. It's 15 rated, and it's basically about a, a self-loathing, alcoholic private eye ah. called Jessica Jones. And it's it's just really well put together. You'll love it. It's just the whole style of it, and it doesn't pull any punches. David Tennant is in it as the bad guy who basically can make people do whatever he wants and he's fucking scary and creepy and it's it's just brilliant. Really good. Cool. Good to see him in something that isn't Doctor Who. Yeah, he's still charming as fuck though. You're charming. You want to you want to hate him. Thanks mate. I've got to mention him, I went to I went to Berlin again. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you my, did. my my brother's going or he is actually leaving tomorrow to go to Afghanistan. Right. Um so we went on a little expedition to Berlin. Did you get up, thing. get up too much? Just did some touristy stuff and drank Glühwein, which I think is their mulled wine, which didn't oh. taste that nice. It was like hot <laughs> breakfast. Pretty horrible. Hot Pretty watery horrible stuff. breakfast. I went to the yeah. German market in Birmingham at the weekend. Mm. German Christmas market. What was it like? Ah, it was crowded. <laughs> there was a Heart FM guy there doing some annoying noises with his mouth. I think they call it presenting, but I, that's debatable with Heart. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking yeah. shite station for idiots. Okay. Shots fired. <laughs> hey, we've got some uh we've got some thanks to say for our one hundredth episode. Yes, we do. Which which I hope everyone enjoyed. We do have a couple of plugs though. The intro music was provided by the very talented SBL, which is E S P I E L L E, and you can find his music at soundcloud.com forward slash SBL. Uh Joel in the last of a sketch was very handily played by Jonathan Goff, so thank you, Jonathan. And also, Big Rich listener made our outro music and the little acoustic guitar stuff. Thank you to everyone though who got involved and helped us put it together. We hope you enjoyed it. It took a lot of effort and a lot of work, and, uh, and none of you fucking appreciated it. 
Well, they do that every time. Like last year, like the Christmas show last year, we put loads of effort into stuff and we never hear back about it. That's fine. I know shape they're enjoying bags. it. Oh, shape bags. I know, they're, <laughs> I know they're enjoying it. They're just sitting there thinking, we don't need to tell them how good they are because they know how because, good they are. Because uh, you'll say the same thing probably. Once you spend that much time looking at something that is is scripted comedy. Yeah, you don't know if it's good anymore. You can't tell if it's funny. Yeah. You can't tell if it's good. And anyone that you know in real life, you will have been talking to throughout the process, and then all of a sudden they can't tell if it's funny because they've heard this joke before, you know, it was a joke. They've just heard the idea. So the punchline's going to be shit, you know? Yeah. I mean, the way we put it together is we divided the segments up that we wanted to do, and we, we produced our own, you know, them independently of each other and then just stitched it all together. But I'd heard all of those sections so many times yeah. by the time I edited it, uh, edited it together, I just didn't want to listen to it ever again. Yep. So I couldn't tell if it was any good. Hopefully people liked it, though. I think they did. I hope so. Yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it? It's yeah. uh, appropriate that this is show 101, Simon, arguably the most famous Fallout vault. Yes, because that vault was in the game that wasn't the one that we're going to talk about. Fuck off, yeah. <laughs> Let's do some games. Yeah. So we're talking about Fallout today. Fallout, Fallout, Fallout. Fallout 4, alliteration. This is what the moment they've been waiting for. Fallout, Fallout, Fallout. And and it's class, isn't it? It's really good. Hey, I'm loving that Fallout. But there's a couple of topics I want to talk about. A couple of discussion points. Here's where Simon hates on a game that everyone likes. Yeah. Oh, what's that? You like this game? Well, let me get ready to hate it. Get your your popcorn, lads. Let me just say, this is the first game since Bloodborne that I've really been enthralled by and just been playing non-stop. Simon Scornton. Am I right? Yeah, good one. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, let's talk about the graphics. What do you think? I like them. I I like like them. I like the art style. I like the colour. I like that it's not just dull and dreek. Yeah, it's, it's kind of gone sort of a cartoony way, but, you know, yeah, let me try that again. You know, not overtly cartoony. But, I don't know uh, if it's meant to be cartoony. I just think that the graphics are bad, and so it looks cartoony, and they've put colour in. But colour <laughs> exists in real life, not just cartoons. I'd love to see it without colour. That'd be great. <laughs> Play Fallout 3. <laughs> That'd be Fallout 3, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. in that sense, just the just adding a bit more colour to it and a bigger colour palette just makes it more yeah. interesting. The colours are more vivid. Yeah, and and I forgive, I forgive the graphical issues it's got. You know, faces don't look that good. A lot of the textures don't look that good. It's missing some detail. But it, mm-hmm. people are saying it looks like Fallout 3. It, it does doesn't. not. It no. doesn't. And the reason it isn't that good is because of how... What's the word for it? how much detail and how much stuff the game remembers and how much can happen and you know it's a huge game yeah and I never really forgave Fallout 3 in New Vegas for that because they didn't work but since this right. one works and it doesn't crash and it's not going to delete my save um, I can forgive it for that I actually have only crashed down to the XMB once I had three crashes last time I played I've only had one which is the first time that's happened but yeah, yeah it was kind of annoying yeah so 
Yeah, all in all, I think it runs quite well. There's there's the odd kind of glitch, like maybe a Brahmin kind of being inside your house or little oh, things like that. all the time, yeah. But I haven't had something that is game-breaking. I had one quest fail for me, which was like, I was escorting this beer machine, and it walked really <laughs> slow. I had to escort it all the way back to this hotel, and it got in, and the guy who was meant to say thanks for me delivering it was stuck in this kind of dialogue option. Excellent. So I had to reload an earlier save, and, uh, and just... No, I've not done that quest again yet because I just can't how, face it. How good is that beer machine though? The way it talks. Yeah, it's quite good. Would you like to set the coordinates for home? It's basically it. Bobby Big Nuts, the robot. It kind of, kind of is, yeah. Uh, <laughs> robot Big Nuts, Robo Big Nuts, Bobby Robo Nuts, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I did the same quest. And uh, you get a choice of sending it to the guy who's going to buy it or you can send it to mm-hmm. home. And I sent it to home. And it walks really fucking slowly. And it doesn't just teleport there, as you said. It just walks. Yeah. So it was walking all the way from the outskirts of Boston to Sanctuary, near where you start the game. And so I teleported to Sanctuary and I checked the map. And he had only walked about a centimeter from where he'd started or from where I teleported from. Mm. And I waited 48 hours and I ran to the bridge at the uh, the edge of Sanctuary. And there he was just plodding over it. And I just wanted to play the Chariots of Fire music. You should have. You should have saved that clip. <laughs> I did, but unfortunately it took him so long to get there that I didn't have the whole journey in, <laughs> within the 15-minute <laughs> clip that it saved. So it uh, wouldn't have worked, unfortunately. But speaking about choice, mm. this is one of the big problems that people have with the game. <clears throat> there is not enough choice at the start of the game. So anyone you meet that is important, you can't kill them because mm-hmm. they're, they're invincible. And you can't do much with your dialogue because the dialogue takes a kind of it takes a um it kind of takes the mass effect way of doing stuff. So you've got the four face buttons for talking, each a different option. They tend to be very similar, um, or at least laid out the same. So you've got positive, negative, um, skeptical, and asshole, or sarcastic. Yeah, well, the arsehole is the negative one. Mm-hmm. Positive, but there's no evil. Then you've got the sarcasm one. Sometimes it's not sarcasm, and then you've got the one that is I want more information on this. Mm-hmm. And it tends to be that because I've reloaded saves before, if I've made a mistake later on, or because I've died, yeah, and I've done it a different way, and the rebuttal I get is always the exact same. So mm. you might think that every time you have a choice, you're make you're affecting something. You're not. The only thing that's going to affect is maybe what your companion thinks of you. Yeah, but and this the has outcome always been for a big quest, thing, isn't it? The outcome for your quest will oftentimes be the exact same. This has always been a big thing in Fallout is the choice element. And mm-hmm. the issue I, I have with it, it's not too much of a problem for me. I don't really care because I'm not going to play as an asshole, so it doesn't really bother me. Yeah. But the issue I have with it here is the same issue I had when uh, with The Walking Dead Season 2, where you play as Clementine. And Clementine, at this point, is an established character who's innocent and sweet and nice. And you get given these choices to be really horrible. And it's just so out of character for her that it would be difficult to ever choose those it wouldn't make any sense and the same thing here you're a family man or a family guy you're you're after your son your wife's being killed you're pissed off but you know you were a soldier you were a loving family member a loving dad it wouldn't make a lot of sense for you to suddenly start shooting people in the head for no reason i don't know innocent I think, people i feel like it could have went a mad max route i feel like the bad guy could be like mad max you know just just bent bent on revenge or max Payne. Or Max Payne, yeah. So I think there is scope for it to be like that. 
but the way it falls like down is established that, though. Is it the quests and the factions early on, like Minutemen? Mm. They really kind of um, they really lean on you being a goodie, you know. Yes. And so, if you set out to be a bad guy at the start, there's no quest for you to align with. There's no. There's nothing. And this is one of the big problems I had to do with choice. It's not quite the dialogue options. But every single raider encampment I get to, as soon as I get within sight, they shoot me. Now, and then after I've killed them all, I then find out what their story was and what they were doing in that encampment. And it all yeah. feels a bit too late. Because, for example, especially if I was playing a bad guy, which I'm not, so it's understandable, they might know me, my reputation. Here comes the the general of the Minutemen, you know. Mm-hmm. You could say that. But if you were playing as a bad guy and you come across, for example, a racetrack where they're racing robots and betting on it, and you're the bad guy with lots of caps, why can't you go in and spend them? You know? Yeah. Instead, yeah, I often... they just shoot you. And I feel, I feel like that is another way that the choice has been taken away from you. Yes, it would be nice to have, outside of predetermined uh, interactions with people, a way to side with the bad guys. So I came across, and I'm sure lots of people have as well, uh, a lady and her son in a diner that are basically holding their weapons up at a chem dealer and his bodyguard Mm -hmm. outside the diner. And he wants money from the son, who's an addict, and she's not giving, giving, uh, the mum's not giving it to... Uh, this chem dealer so I spoke to obviously the chem dealer is the bad guy in this situation as you would expect so I went to the chem dealer first because he was outside and so was I and he said here kill her and I'll split what they owe or something like that okay and I said I'm not going to kill her but I will talk to her and he said thanks I appreciate it okay that's fairly level-headed you know he sold this guy stuff and he's not paying him back so that's not very fair so I then go inside try to talk to the mum and she says, ah, well, I saw you were talking to him. And uh, and I said, you can stand down, you know, you can walk away from this. And I failed the persuasion thing. She said, no, but listen, if you want, you can help me kill him. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. Not out of a sense of I'm siding with the chem dealer here, as in I don't want to kill anybody. And she's like, fine, I'm going to shoot you instead. And then yeah. it all ended in chaos and they died and the chem dealer survived so there we go I had a similar one that I came across I didn't know what a synth was at this point came across a synth with two kind of travellers and it turned out that he'd been their friend since you know 200 miles back or something or more and they'd only just found out he was a synth and he told them because he'd got to this level of trust and thought he could tell them um, who he really was so they were going to kill him and I said look there's no need to kill him you could just leave him and walk away. Mm-hmm. And so because I said that, the two humans start shooting at me. All because I'm trying to avoid the conflict. And I feel like there's so many options where if you do have a choice, it's it's either so simple that it's who do you want to side with? And if you do try and actually defuse the situation, we're going to choose for you. There's right. no real... I just feel like the choices are dumbed down. And, and in many quests, many mainline quests as well, they're completely taken away from you you just have to decide how you get to the predetermined um decided for you point of the quest so you might be negative and all it's going to do is add two lines of conversation and you'll come back to the same thing that you would have had to do anyway yeah i did Um, actually manage to diffuse that and that's part of the reason why i've i've leveled up my is it intelligence that affects charisma 
charisma, right? I've leveled up my charisma loads because it's just, it seems to be essential if you want to get anything done without having to pay or just ruin that opportunity for yeah. yourself entirely. I usually walk around in a sweater vest and trousers with a general hat on just because... <laughs> it's like, hang on, one second you disappear behind a tree and come... <laughs> what, you're asking my name? Let me just get naked. <laughs> Let me take off all his armour. <laughs> hey, baby, like what you see? <laughs> Please go away. Um... But yeah, that's, that's uh, probably the big problem with the game that I've had. And and what I will say is that it gets better later on as far as choice goes. Not in that you still don't have the choice in the foundation of the game and that if you want to be a baddie, you can really, you know, run with the raiders and, and do all this kind of stuff because you still can't. Yeah. But you can decide what faction you want to be a, be with because you've got the Minutemen at the start, the, um, the Railroad, the... Brotherhood of Steel, and there's another one, which I don't want to spoil. Right. And they all eventually, if you, because I've got quite a few of them on the go at the moment, mm-hmm. and to get the Platinum, you have to do all the quest lines for all of them. Yeah. But that's impossible, because once you get to a certain point with one of them, they'll then they'll then have a war with one of the other factions. <laughs> Great. I'm um, assuming so, you would then just save your game. Yeah, so you save and, and then load back it back and do the other quest lines. Yeah. So that, that then does leave it for a choice because the whole point of the factions is they're all set up for you to like all of them and, and see where they're all kind of coming from. Mm-hmm. But they all meet at a certain point and they all hate each other and you have to choose right. who you're going to be with. And I kind of find myself siding with quite a few of them. Um, mm-hmm. And it makes it difficult. I'm actually starting to, because I've stopped playing the game today because I was like, I've got too many quests on the go. And I don't know who I want to decide to be with, so mm. I just stopped. <laughs> um, but just took a break. So you do get a bit of you do get a bit of choice back to you, but that's my big problem with the game just now. And I and again the character's voice as well, which people are kind of citing as why why it's dumbed down a little bit because obviously the the choices have to be voiced by the voice actor. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's difficult to predict what he's going to say, but I haven't encountered too much of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I haven't I'd, had so much of a problem with that, but uh, no. I've got nothing, I've got no problems with the vo- with the guy being voiced, so long as they keep that amount of choice that they usually have in Fallout games. Right. I mean, even Fallout Three, because Fallout Two is probably probably the one with the most choice, and then Fallout Three, you could completely destroy a whole town, really quite early on in the game, mm-hmm. and that would set you up to be worse than a raider a raider is because you've just destroyed a whole town. Well, you don't have don't. karma in this, do you? You just you're judged by your companion. That's yeah, it. And, and it. It affects you, your relationship. Yeah, and surely there's some companions that wouldn't care because there's, there's a lot of companions in this. So if you want to be a baddie, all it would mean is that you might have to choose a different companion. Yeah. And and I doubt I, I mean I, I wouldn't quote me on this, but I doubt your dog's going to care what you do. It's a dog, you know. Yeah, the, that dog though. That dog is annoying. Who is your it's companion shit. of choice? Valentine is is mine. Yeah, yeah, and and he's yeah. a synth. So when I went to Brotherhood of Steel, they were shouting at me, telling me, really? you know, how could you bring a synth in here? Wow, so that's tough. Yeah, that's pretty much. I've I started the quest, and then I got to them shouting at him, and I just kind of told the guy what I thought of him and walked away. So I've still right. got these Brotherhood quests in my quest line that I'm uh, not going to do until I want to do the platinum. Right, because fuck those guys. <laughs> <laughs> I've got. Uh, I usually. As soon as I got the choice to travel with Codsworth, the robot, yeah. I did. Because I found Dogmeat just got in the way loads and he was super annoying and he wasn't very effective in combat, I found either. 
And uh, does Codsworth so, not get in the way as well? Codsworth does get in the way, but he tends to be a little more subtle because what and he's from, pretty good in combat. What I've found from having a humanoid companion is that when you've killed all the enemies in an area and you're looking around for junk or whatever you want to carry with you, um, they'll sit down. The humanoids will just find a seat and just sit and wait for you. Yeah, or lean on something. But Codsworth, I imagine, has to just sit, float, uh, stay floating. Yeah, he doesn't just stick to you. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't stick three feet away at all times. He'll hover around a room and go and look at stuff and then come back. Because what dog meat uh, tends to do is just stay in a door frame somewhere and wait until oh, he can annoy fuck. you. Yeah, stay in the door frame. Jesus. Yeah, but Codsworth is great. I, I find him entertaining. You given, given him a hat yet? I haven't, because I haven't figured out how to. I should look up, look it yeah. up. But, uh, it's always some hats. I found a bowler hat, and he, he liked that. I found uh, I found another Mr. Handy robot okay. in, a, in an abandoned vault nice. uh, called Curie, who's French. So I was travelling with her briefly, but she got pretty annoying because I started taking stuff, and she just consistently said over and over again, doesn't that belong to someone? Like, fuck off. No, noisy. So I I ended up replacing her with a human. I was with Nick very briefly because I finally went to Diamond City, which I've been avoiding since the start of the game. I'm level 38 and I've only just gone to Diamond City. Oh, you're 38? Yeah, it's it's giving me dialogue options like, what the hell is a Brahmin? (laughs) I've been walking around for about 40 hours. And I still don't know what a Brahmin is, apparently. So mm. I really, like, for people who are getting it for Christmas, that sort of stuff, definitely go to Diamond City first because it clears up so yeah, much stuff if you didn't you understand to. I it. I mean, it, the game really spells out what you should do. And I just ignored it you just, immediately. You did completely ignore it, yeah. Completely ignored it, just did my own thing. And that's fine. I've been enjoying it, but I thought it was about time I started the main quest. So I was with Nick for a bit, uh, Nick Valentine, and I've just started travelling with Piper. Uh, yeah, who's who's also pretty annoying. Yeah, because I like Nick. You have to give him loads of ammo. What do you think about that? All the ammo you've got to give him if you want them to use a gun you want. Yeah, I mean, I just let him use the default one. The thing about Nick is that his, and I'm not sure about the other companions because I've stayed with Nick for quite a while now, but he comes across as such a cliche detective. Yeah. And as you stay with him, his backstory gets deeper and deeper and eventually he gives you side quests to do with his uh, backstory. Right. So like... I don't want to spoil any of it because it's cool to just learn it as you get to it. But I like the way that the companions actually have backstories and, and you can find one that you actually like. Um, and I'm sure that Piper gives you a side quest as well, I'd imagine. I'm sure she will. I haven't had it yet. Uh, she's had a heart-to-heart with me and I get the option to flirt, but that's about it. Which I still think is pretty weird that you can... Again, with the established character you've got, it's just like, fuck it, I'm going to get some pussy. And yeah. then just uh, fuck, fuck the dead wife. Let's go yeah. go for that wasteland women. You know, it's just, it seems a bit weird, but there we go. But what do you think of the story? Because obviously, I mean, it's either, <clears throat> it's either have a completely, f- a complete faceless character that you play as and you can create it as whatever you want. Yeah. But the story is always going to be a, a bit worse because of that, because it then it's has so to vague. be, it has to be a story that you find in the wasteland. So your character already doesn't have that connection with it, you know? Yeah. I mean... Th- I'm already more into it than I was with the the main story in Fallout Three was awful, mm-hmm. just rubbish. Like we we spent all our budget on Liam Neeson, <laughs> and that that's what it seemed like. Whereas this is is a lot better. Like yeah. it seems more interesting. Everything's really tied together, 
Uh, the fact that you're, as much as I've bashed it so far, the fact that you've got an established guy that you play as really helps because you feel like you can argue from his perspective in a lot of situations rather than being, as you said, just a blank slate, Yeah, which I mean, can it, make things very vague. Yeah, and I guess some people who want that from a game, they want it to be like Dungeons & Dragons where they just create their own character and they could have yeah. purple hair and just run out into the wasteland. Grognak the Barbarian. Exactly. Um, get to find a little tunic that you can get. <laughs> His little loincloth. Yeah. <laughs> I've got um, one of my villagers wearing that in the moment. Yeah. <laughs> so think, speaking of... Sorry, yeah, Kara. But those, those types of types, people will think that this is a, a step back. People like me who want a story hmm. and want a really good one will like this because I think this is the best story I've, I've, I've seen in a, in a Fallout game. It's also uh, a smaller world, so it's so well put together. Like there's, there's, there's loads of detail that, you know, as you said, in terms of finding stuff with the raiders after you've killed them, there's so much detail in the environment that everywhere has a story. Like every terminal has a story. It's just, it's interesting. It's just mm -hmm. an interesting world. Yeah. I mean, there's no better, better sandbox game world to be in. Um, I don't think. Mm -hmm. Um, what if you go back to GTA after playing this GTA, it'll just feel so, it'll feel so impersonal and empty. <laughs> Just because Vapid. it might be full of buildings and people, but nothing you can really interact with. Yeah, or do. Yeah. Well, loads to do, obviously, but it is what you make of it, I suppose. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think of uh, the settlement element? Because I think we were both really excited about that. Yeah, I really like it. I really yeah. like making settlements. I find that I I don't get enough resources from the people I've got scavenging. I have, en I have more than enough of the kind of special, more kind of like... Um, screws and uh, circuit boards and all that kind of stuff ceramics that's the crystal. kind of stuff they find and yeah. that's the stuff I pick up in the wasteland but I'm constantly running out of wood and steel because it's really difficult to get vast quantities of that unless you scrap it from around the settlement you're building on yeah I mean I have a few settlements that I'm building up and uh, apart from that as soon as I win the trust of a settlement I go into edit mode and scrap everything Everything. Like, I hope you weren't attached to those rusty cars because they're going. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy needs a radio. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> scrapping everything they own. But yeah, I, I really like it. And I am trying to get the trophy where you have to get a settlement to 100% happiness. And yeah. it nearly happened without me even realizing. I left Sanctuary, which has loads of electricity, has 20 residents, uh, lights everywhere, beds everywhere, loads of food, loads of water, supply trains coming in from all across the wasteland, uh, loads of shops, that kind of thing, loads of decorations. And I wasn't, you know, I wasn't doing it to try and get it just because I enjoyed messing around in there and, and just building it up. And I hadn't been there for a while. And I looked at my, my map and it had 98% happiness. And mm. I, like, it doesn't seem to make any sense. There seems to be no rhyme or reason why that's the case. So I went there and there was a red down arrow uh, on the happiness so they were getting less happy and there was nothing in the red so that didn't make any sense and now it's back down to it's down to 82% so it just it doesn't make any sense to me I do not understand why I think I just have to stay away I don't think they like me a, a lot of the um, the settlement stuff isn't explained very well so when no, you go really in not. it's very difficult to kind of figure out how to start building and all this, this kind of stuff and then when yeah. you have got a settlement that you think is good I didn't know for a long time that you could make other settlements because for me I hadn't done the Minutemen quest and I, I was like well it's cool but I wish I didn't have to just do one in Sanctuary and that was it Yeah. and then I didn't know you could build caravans and all this so now I've got so many different settlements caravans going between them all mm -hmm. and, and the more time you put into it the better it gets 
But then you kind of come up against the fact that there isn't as much options as I would like. Yeah. I'd like to it's build a lot same. more stuff. I'd like to have a lot, a lot more decoration, um, all this kind of stuff. Mm. Um, I mean, I, one of the things that's so annoying is the the snap-on element of building things. Just to, just to be able to turn that off would be good. Yeah, so if you want to do something at an angle or a right angle even, it's impossible to do without having a ceiling or a floor in place already. It's yeah. it's really difficult and very fiddly and annoying to do that. You did find a nice little trick, though, if the surface is uneven. Yeah, you can use the foundation block, which, again, isn't explained to you because it just looks like a big cube of cement. Is it, it in the wall or is it in the it's floor? It's in the floors. It phases the through floor the ground so you can make a building on a on a hill. Yeah. Um, or I made one into the, into the water today. And it makes it look as if it's... Up here. Yeah. Uh -huh. Nice. That's cool. So, so that was quite cool. So there's a lot of stuff that isn't explained to you. Um, and yeah, like the, some of the building mechanics aren't the best, but you really can do a lot with it, which is yeah. it, it is surprisingly deep. And it doesn't feel too tacked on. It, no. it comes up in parts of the quest and stuff later on in the game. It's it's just great. It's just really nice. And it's nice having a place that you can call your own that you haven't just... Because I... I've done a couple of quests where they say, here, we want you to be a resident in our town. And they give you a key to a room and you see it and it's it's got a little uh, bed there and a chest of drawers and some storage facilities. And you just think, nah, I don't, I don't want to stay here. I want to go back to my little town I've built. Uh, so it's nice that they give you the option, but I, I much prefer to stay in Sanctuary, which is where I've got all my stuff stored. Uh, but we should really explain how to use the caravans, the training caravans, if people didn't know, because it's so helpful. Because the workbench obviously stores all your crap that you pick up, all your junk that you can then build stuff out of. Yeah. But it's only specific to that site. Unless when you're in edit mode, you highlight a settler and you can't do it with every settler. Like some of the Minutemen quests have you help out certain settlements where the people have names. So you can't really send them to do other stuff. But if you press R1 while hovering over them, you can send them as a trade caravan to another site. Yeah. And basically that means that supplies are linked between the two, so you instantly have access to all of your supplies from your other sites. Which is good, uh, because it, really the first thing I always do if I get to an empty settlement is I build a beacon that gets more settlers in. Do you often have the the stuff to actually build that, though? I find that's my problem all the time. Sometimes I don't. Usually I do. I don't know if that's just because I come to settlements as I've been exploring and I've picked up junk. Right. Uh, but usually I'll build a generator, the beacon. I'll turn it on until I get two settlers. And the first settler becomes a caravan, yeah. which kind of joins my empire. The second settler gets food. And then I yep. use the, all the parts I've got from having the settlement caravaned to have defense automated turrets. So yep. no, no one has to man an outpost. And then I close, I turn off the beacon. And I only have settlements with more than two people if, it's, if I'm ready to build it up into a big town. Because my end goal is to have every settlement as a big town. Right. Or at least a village. <laughs> um, yeah. so I'm really enjoying it. What do you think of the shooting? It's a lot better this time, isn't it? Shooting is perfect. It is really, really good. And I've always had a problem with VATS because VATS was kind of like a relic from Fallout 1 and 2. Mm -hmm. Where it was just the way of having a turn-based um, combat in a top-down game. And you got to choose what body part to aim at. Yeah. It didn't really make sense in a first person shooter because you're taking away the first person shooter bit just to put in an old fashioned way of playing a game from the nineties. It didn't make any right. sense at all. Why why would you put that in the game? 
Yeah, um, and it's actually it's often a lot more sensible to shoot from the sight or the iron sights of the gun than it is to use vats because vats mm-hmm. often send the bullets flying all over the place. Yeah, well, that's the thing with with Fallout Four is that if you want to use vats, you can build your character around it and and modify your weapons so that you can have them shoot more in vats and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you can have clothes that give you more more um, attacks in vats. If you don't want yeah. to use vats, you don't have to. But for someone like me who wants to play as a first-person shooter, it's really, really good. It just feels like a nice first-person shooter. It doesn't take any time to get used to it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And then when I want to, I can use VATS. And because it doesn't stop time, it doesn't feel quite as as jarring. You know, it's slow motion. A lot. You're, we're used to first-person shooters having slow motion mechanics. So VATS right. just slows down time. And I use it if I'm getting jumped by a lot of people. So like if, if tons of ghouls are coming at me. I can use Vats to be like, okay, which one is the biggest threat? I'll shoot his legs off so he can't get to me. <laughs> um, so yeah, I really like it. I think it's nice, it's now it's now complementary rather than just being something that you have to use, even though it doesn't really make make much sense. Yeah. So I think the gunplay is massively improved, and <clears throat> we didn't even talk about the modifications for weapons. It's just a whole other thing to use junk for. Yeah, and ammo as well. Uh, sorry, armor, which I don't bother yeah. too much with because I tend to find new armor quite a lot. Um, I, I've but, got full combat armor and I've got yeah. it all shadowed so, cause, so that it looks cool. Like it, I've got my vault jumpsuit on and then all, all this black armor on over the top of it. Nice. Because if you change it to shadowed, it actually changes the armor to black. Okay. Which is pretty That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I've got a, um, I've got a, a legendary legging, one leg or grieve, whatever you want to call it, right leg, that actually slows time. If nice. I if my health goes b- uh, below twenty percent, so that's really really helpful. Yeah, the other uh, so that's I, cool. Yeah, the other thing I do is I add to all my armor that I can deep pocketed, which is just an upgrade that makes you carry more. Right. So with all that armor having that stat, you can end up carrying quite a bit. Um, that's what, good. What we said about junk, so junk can be used for settlement building, armor upgrading, or weapon upgrading. And everything now, has a purpose. Everything can be used. So you start to notice what is the most useful. So a broken light bulb, that's got copper. And if I want to make wires, I'm going to need some copper. You know? Um, <laughs> Adhesive's always good for weapon upgrades and stuff like that. And I always get cloth. So anything that gets me cloth. Because I hate not being able to build beds. Because nothing makes a, settle, a settler more unhappy than not having a bed. Get those cigarettes and those uh, Boston Bugles all picked up. And all the pre-war money and the teddies and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So <laughs> yeah, have you picked up any of those Jangle the Space Monkeys? Yeah, I always pick them up, and I never. I don't know why. What ever use them? I just drop them and then position them in my in my. Building. I think are they? Do they go into the junk column? They do, but if you if you then oh. drop it, you can then just maneuver it. I've as definitely if it's... used them to build shit. Yeah, <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> you have just made cloth because what I, I if I see something that's odd, so I found like a Mister Handy model. Yes, yeah, so did I. And so I that goes into junk, but then I dropped it in my kind of house and yep. put it on the mantelpiece as like a here's a little model <laughs> nice um, and so I, I look out for stuff like that all the time so I've just got to this new section of the game where not going to spoil it but everything's new nothing's like broken so nice. I've picked up tons of like vases and stuff that I'm going to put in my house when I get back <laughs> <laughs> nice um, I'm going to uh, the, the, going back to the sorry the the VAT system very quickly. Something I've discovered because I like to go into VATs, but if I know I'm, I'm, um, I'm about to deal the the killing blow, 
where it sort of zooms in on your face as you're firing the shot and you know you're going to kill them with that shot. Yeah. As soon as I fire it, I press circle just to skip it. And I find that maybe three out of every ten times the enemy will be sent flying backwards with whatever speed the bullet hit them. <laughs> so it's a, it's an amazing glitch where I've I actually happened I've it's a video I put on Twitter uh, and I'll send it to you in a bit Simon but I shot a myelock with a shotgun and it just flew backwards and bounced off a house Perfect. and it was amazing it was so good and uh, so you should do that press circle as soon as you deal the killing blow and a lot of times the physics will just go mental I feel it's like you should definitely make a dubstep music video for that <laughs> I've got a dog that just flies off into the distance as well it's amazing so uh, yeah, what we were saying game. about junk, everything useful. Mm. I really wish it was weightless. I wish oh, that God, so ammo was weightless, um, and we're used to the fact that the you know there's not a weight system because it makes sense because you can't carry twenty weapons at once, no, and five no. televisions or whatever. So I would like junk to be weightless because as you get further into the game, it doesn't benefit you to hoard it. Whenever you get to a workbench, you'll just click store all junk. So the reason there's a weight system is because the game doesn't want you to hoard tons of weapons and end up with an inventory that's just unusable. Yeah, let me carry my globes. So, yeah, if you could just carry all this shit that you're not even... You're not carrying it because of what it is. You're carrying it because it's a potential resource when you get it into your settlement. Set, settlement. Mm. I feel like that would be much better. Yeah, um, agreed. Now, before we stop talking about Fallout, I don't know if you have anything more to say, but... No. Do you have a favourite moment? Moments? <laughs> I mean... In terms of oh that was cool, I I liked going to the uh, there's a vault I found I don't know I've I've just been really enjoying the whole ride so far I haven't done anything that's that's super monumental story wise but I appreciate that um, they've clearly made some changes so there's a lot more set piece type stuff whereas the the only thing you really got in Fallout Three was the janky ass bit at the end of the game where the vertibirds landed that the mm -hmm. Enclave had yeah. that looked a bit crap. Whereas there's a set piece after you finish a side bit in this where a great big sort of flock, I don't know what the word is, flock of vertebrates and an airship just go overhead. And you think, whoa, okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then a quest starts for something involving the Brotherhood. And I thought, that's pretty wicked. Um, so that was, that was a good one. I know that people have really been talking up something involving the uh, memory lane quest or something, which I think I've got. And there's an, uh, another couple of things that people said would, were brilliant. So I'm looking forward to it. But so far, I've just enjoyed every every minute, really. What about you? Yeah, no, same. I've really enjoyed the main quest and how the main story, the, the actual, the carrot on the stick is you getting your son back. And it seems, for me, it seemed like most things were kind of aiming towards that. I didn't feel quite as much as in other games where, like in Skyrim, save the, the land, whatever the land it was called. I guess it was called Skyrim, wasn't it? Um, uh, yeah. And and you were the chosen one on the list, but you were off doing all these stupid quests that you shouldn't really have to Get do. Get my cheese wheel. One. Exactly. Yeah, so Fallout, I thought, was it feels much more kind of aimed at one thing, and I like where the quest goes. You're always doing different things, and like you say, set pieces, you know, so one of them is going into the, the radiation sea. I don't know if you've done that yet. No, no, I haven't. Um, and that's not really a spoiler because you, you can't really tell what it is from that. But there's all these different things that are really, really cool and really different. And it's not just fetch this. So I think the actual quest design so far has been a real highlight in the story. But some specific things. The superhero quest was awesome. Superhero? Um, basically, it's the silver... 
The Silver Shroud. The show, Silver Shroud. He's like this I've, pre-war I've got his, Yeah. I've got his outfit. I picked it up from that comic store and it told me I couldn't get rid of quest items when I tried to store it. So I know it's something, but yeah. I haven't found the quest So yet. basically you find this guy and he's in uh, Good Neighbor. And he basically okay. wants you to go and get him uh, something from a comic book store to do with the Silver Shroud because he's a big fan. Yeah. And so you go in and you have to kill his ghouls and get the stuff. And you get that Silver Shroud there. costume. And what happens is he, he ends up, he can ask you to be the Silver Shroud. And when he asks me, he gets this, you get this new radio station unlocked. Uh-huh. And whenever you're in Good Neighbor, if you turn it on and put the costume on, you can go and fight um, baddies as the okay. Silver Shroud. And so one of the dialogue options is always speak as the Shroud. Right. And it's always really, really cliche, like superhero stuff. So, like, the baddie will say something really kind of down to earth, like you'd imagine something to say in a wasteland, like, like oh, just piss off, this is none of your concern, he's doing a drug deal or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then you'll say, um, there's no escaping justice, <laughs> something like that. And then, <laughs> and then as he more and more is like, come on, get a grip, stop talking like that, you can mm-hmm. still keep speaking as Silver Shroud, and it gets okay. more and more funny. So I really enjoyed that quest. <laughs> Nice. Um, but no spoilers to how it ends or anything like that. Okay. The other thing I enjoyed Silver was... Silver Shroud in, dies. <laughs> uh, one thing I really enjoyed as well was the Museum of Witchcraft. Yes, I've been asked to go there. I haven't done it yet. Um, and the reason I enjoyed it... Is it spooky? Not really, but I've been to Boston before. And we did a little okay. road trip and we went to Salem when I was a kid. Which is obviously where the, the Salem Witch Trials were. And right. I'd be very surprised if... Because this, this is obviously set in Boston... Um, but also it'll take in the large area around Boston. Mm-hmm. I'd be very surprised if this wasn't the exact museum I went to, which was oh, just really? the Museum of Witchcraft. Oh, nice. And it's cool to be like, oh, I've probably been to that place. Because I was in, you know, I know for a fact I've been to that museum in Salem. Definitely cursed. <laughs> so that was really cool. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a fantastic game. If you're enjoying it, let us know what your favourite moment was. Yeah. Get involved. Get involved. And, uh, Fish and chips so- at places Radio UK. And now with some more Get Involved stuff, here's a man to tell you about how to do it. Do you want to be involved with the show in some way? Send us an email to fishandchips at playstationradio.co.uk. Follow us on Twitter at PSRadioUK or go to our Facebook page where we regularly ask for your feedback. It really is that easy. And leave us an iTunes review, you bastards! Good one, Zoidberg. <laughs> so we've uh, we've got a few questions here. In fact, they're they're big old questions, big old tig old biddies. And uh, <laughs> we're going to start off with a voicemail that was missed out last uh, on show 100 because he couldn't quite get it. He couldn't get it in, and he couldn't get it up. <laughs> so we're gonna. We're going to stick, uh, stick old, uh, let me find his name, Tony. Going to stick old Tony's voicemail in right now. Thank you, Tony, for sending it in. He was unwell, which is why he missed it. Tony Big Mouth, they call him. <laughs> Hello, Tony O'Hara here. Right. Uh, I'd like to thank PlayStation Radio for the good podcast. And the bit I love the most is the intros. And when there is a total breakup between the two of you, and you both just end up laughing from the things that you two say. One of my best bits is when you read up my email about me in work listening to the podcasts. And one of the best intros is episode 96 with Slippery Sperm Whale and Concerned Badger. Hilarity abounds. Keep up the good work and keep the podcast going. Love you. Bye. Hey, Tony, that's nice of you to say. Whatever it was, I'm sure it was lovely. 
<laughs> I forget what it says. in there in post. Why Thanks, Tony. To <laughs> Thanks, Tony. Next up, we've got a we've got an essay. We've got a few essays here. First one is from Steve. Do you want to read this, Simon? Because he's talking about MGS five. Oh God, it's going to be aimed at me, isn't it? It's all abuse. <laughs> hey, well, before before you start, Simon. Yeah. <clears throat> I wanna I wanna pipe in here because I did listen back to the show where it seemed like we were shitting all over MGS five. I want to clarify something quickly. Yeah. I enjoyed my time with MGS five. I was very frustrated towards the end, and I agree with you in terms of. Your, your claims and your irritations with it are, are totally not unfounded. Yeah. But largely, I did enjoy my time with MGS5. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we clarified when we were talking about it that if all you want from the game is gameplay and you don't mind repetitive gameplay, then by all yeah. means get it. Then you'll love it. I mean, if you like, if you like MMOs and all that kind of stuff, but a different gameplay. Do you know, do you know who, loved, who loved MGS5? Steve. Let's read his email. Yeah. Hey guys, it's Steve from Cincinnati. I have been listening to you guys for years. I've spoken to you numerous times, but I don't think I've ever written in before. I love everything you guys do in the show, and it's a highlight of my week. But let's get down to the business, as they say. They certainly do. I felt compelled to write in and defend one of my favourite games this year, MGS5 The Phantom Pain. While I will be the first to admit that it's not a perfect game, I feel as though it is being judged far too harshly. You both asked, pe- asked why people liked the game so much, so I will share why I do. First, one of my favourite Metal Gear games was Peace Walker. I loved the pick up and play aspect of it, as well as building up my forces with Mother Base. To me, Phantom Pain is basically Peace Walker on crack in that regard. It has a similar mission structure, with the freedom of tackling everything in what- whatever manner you like. You can be super stealthy or just absolutely silly. Yeah, there is, su- is, there is what some may call grinding involved, but that only enriches the experience for me. I also found out found out something new that I could do with every mission I played. My only real gripe about the gameplay was the lack of any true compelling boss fight that MGS is so famous for. As for the story, I feel like it isn't the strongest entry, but it's certainly not the worst. A sub- what the fuck is the worst then? <laughs> A subpar <laughs> Metal Gear story is far, still far richer and dense than most other game franchises. I can't get into more specifics about why I love the story due to huge spoilers, but let's just say I just wrote a critical analysis of it for college, so I spent a lot of time combing through it and deciphering it, taking a science fiction genre course. Oh, that's what he's taking. Um, I'd have, I'd have to have enjoyed it to put up with all that. While I understand some people's frustrations with the story, it rectified a major plot hole the franchise always had to me. If Kojima was able to finish the last chapter. Ben spoke about last episode, then the ending would have been perfect. I remember so many people shitting all over the Sons of Liberty when it came out, but now so many look back on it as their favourite entry. I feel like Phantom Pain will stand the test of time just like the Sons of Liberty did, but we all know Snake Eater is where it's at. Thanks Steve. I, I still just don't understand though, I don't understand how you can on one, stand, one, one hand say the Snake Eater is the best game, and on another hand like this game. Well, I think the, the real point there that I took away from it is that Steve was a big fan of Peace Walker mm-hmm. and it is very similar to Peace Walker and what, you... When I was just reading that email there, one mm. thing that I got the idea of is a game where you build up a settlement okay, and you have yeah. to collect resources to build it Yeah Uh huh. and you yeah. play yeah. in an open world Yeah uh-huh. Yeah Fallout does it so much better What? <laughs> Yeah, doesn't it though? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, it's different. Because it's if you like the game mechanics in Peace Walker, they haven't been taken 
too well onto I mean, the new If you like that added. element of MGS5, then you'll love that element of Fallout 4. But, I mean, M- oh, it's difficult, man. It's difficult because... So a lot of people do genuinely love it. Yeah. A lot of people do love the MGS5. I can't comment too much on the story because, like I said, I didn't finish it largely because I just couldn't stand the game. But I know I don't like it. But what I can say, what I can talk about is the storytelling, you know, the way that it tells the story. And my big point, the, my huge gripe with Metal Gear Solid V is that Hideo Kojima founded video games telling story like a movie whilst not hampering gameplay. Uh, he started that and he takes how many steps backward when he go to MGS5 just so he can try and clone a sandbox because oh sandboxes are in this year doesn't that just feel like instead of being the guy at the frontier of video games he's now the guy that is just I'll jump on the bandwagon everyone's making sandbox games mm. this this felt like such a weird beat for him yeah in in comparison to his other games not necessarily for worse obviously for you it was for worse for a lot of people for, for better but for me I was I was a bit bewildered by it to begin with i loved the the gameplay style but as i played more and more and more and it was just the same and the same and the same then i i had a bit more of an issue Mm -hmm. uh with it but it's just it was such a strange departure for him or such a big departure that many well not many that's unfair some people believe was 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 not a good decision that it really does um pile on to the evidence mm-hmm. that uh, that something was tampered with on Konami's end I would that, have given that it, maybe fucked it up for it. I would have given it far more of a chance if it had been called Ghost Recon or something like that, you know, if it hadn't been an MGS game. Right. Um, that would have been would have been so much better. Shall we move on to the next email? Let's move on to the next email, Simon. Uh, let's, uh, let's do it. This is Adbean. Hi, guys. <laughs> Adbean here. What are you laughing about? You... I was just I was just reading something else, I'm sorry. <laughs> I recently downloaded season two of The Walking Dead as it was free on PlayStation Plus. After loving Tales from the Borderlands, I expected to really enjoy it, but it just left me feeling frustrated with the characters. Out of all the people I met there out of all the people I met, there were probably only two that I didn't want to shoot in the face for being monumental cocks and spoiler Oh, how annoying is that, Simon? I didn't uh, read it. That's good. Did you understand what I was saying? No. (laughs) Then my sensor button worked. (laughs) Maybe it's an accurate depiction of how people would act in a zombie apocalypse, or maybe it'd help if I'd played the first season to learn the backstory. I think you're alright, because uh, a lot of the people don't show up from the first story for various reasons. For the same spoiler reasons as... Did you understand that? Nope. Good, still working. And, and this is a spoiler from the first episode, but it's been ages, so who cares? And why did they make me kill the dog at the beginning? Would, uh, Why would they make me feel them feels? Have you guys played it? And if so, what did you think? Anyway, congrats on 100 shows, lads. And I'll try to record a voicemail for you before Fallout arrives. Love you, bye! Adbean! Did he record a voicemail? I think he I did, didn't he? Oh, yeah, he did, yeah. yeah. I think he did, yeah. Uh, so, season two. You enjoyed season one, right? I did. I didn't... I enjoyed it not as much as everyone else did. I thought that everyone giving it Game of the Year shouts and stuff was a bit ludicrous, and I felt like everyone just got carried away by the bandwagon. Uh, but right. it was good. I did enjoy it. I liked it too. I, I reviewed episode one for Push Square and then never played episode two, three, or four, or five, if there's a fifth episode. I don't know, man. It, it didn't do anything for me compared to the first season. And as I said earlier when we were talking about Fallout, I had a real problem making the decisions as Clementine. In fact, I didn't have an issue at all because Clementine is a good girl. You know, she's innocent. You know her character. Mm-hmm. So it was difficult to be a dick, basically. 
Um, yeah, well, which I've, is hard. I've played Until Dawn. We talked about that a couple of episodes ago. Yeah. I, ever since playing Until Dawn, I've just got I've got no no um, desire to go and play a Telltale Games game. Right. Because I just know that it'll be full of bugs and janky and it'll look shit. And um, yeah, that, that's something that they they need to sort before they do any new seasons of anything. Just yeah. rebuild your engine. I mean, they must be loaded up. by now. And the more, yeah, they really must. the more that games like Until Dawn come out that take the same sort of mechanics and heavy rain did it as well before Telltale Games. But the more games like that come out, and the, if they do them well, like Until Dawn, people will start to look at Telltale Games and be like, well, why aren't you? It's not like with Fallout where there's a reason why there's bugs. You know, right. you, you don't get much more linear than this, do you? No. And I mean, I know that it's it's a Com- probably a complicated web of interlinking dialogue that makes up the game, especially as you as you move on in terms of the choices you've made and stuff like that. Sure, but, uh, but it's not even they need to find a better way of dealing with it. Center around the, the choices you make, it's, it's fluidity of movement and the way that your character interacts with the world, and, line delivery yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. no, definitely. Really... Would you buy uh, Telltale? Telltale's replacing the shitty engine, a five-part series where it's it's a Telltale game, starting at a production meeting where they're trying to figure out how to fix their engine, and it starts off really bad. And as the series goes on, the engine just gets smoother and smoother and smoother until the last episode's photorealistic. In fact, it's just a video <laughs> where you make choices, and then it plays different videos. <laughs> uh, probably not, to be honest. That's a shame, you'd be missing out. <laughs> I've heard it's great. It's in development now. <laughs> uh, next email comes from Jim. Mm. Hi guys, forgot to mention my best moment. Mine has to be Simon's reaction in show five, Raver Woob. Had me laughing along uh, along with it. Uh, we put that one in the show, so it doesn't matter too much that you didn't, you didn't say it in your voicemail. But also, any of the random stories that you pair come out with, it's always a good start to the show. So I'd just like to say thanks for the many, for the laughs. Not the you many, got it, bro. Not the many laughs, just just the laughs. Just thanks for the laugh in 2010. <laughs> that one time, <laughs> you know, in that, in that episode, show five, five I think laugh, it was. three years. <laughs> anyway, just wanted to reply about the MGS5 stuff. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I planned this. Just wanted to reply about the MGS5 stuff. I can't disagree with what was previously said, but having sunk over 170 hours what? into it, forgetting the platinum... I enjoyed the missions and can't really say I had a problem with the ending. Although at times it was a grind, it was enjoyable for me even more so than The Witcher. Oh my god. If anything, I have a problem with the <laughs> fact... just is breaking down. I'm just combusting! <laughs> I don't understand! <laughs> if anything, I have a problem with the fact they patched it so you can get someone back on the team. Yes. Take that's a spoiler thing he's avoided. <laughs> you get that? <laughs> Time for a quick few questions. How good was the multiplayer for the Uncharted series? Reason I ask is having played through the collection, which multiplayer was removed from, and having watched the trailer, just uh, just wanted to know if it's any good and if you think it's worthwhile part of the next game. There was co-op in Uncharted 2, I think, which was quite good. Yeah, it's three-player, right? Yeah. um, The multiplayer itself, I always thought, was a bit um, kind of aimless in that it was just attacked on multiplayer. I, I had no interest. I remember playing the, I think it was the the beta for both Uncharted 2 and 3. Yeah. I, I think we were playing it while we were doing the podcast, actually, at uh-huh. one point back in the day. But I, I always thought it was good fun, and it's well executed, and people love it, but it's not for me. 
it's always good fun, but it's just something you play after you finish the game. Or, or, or the, the reason that some people play it is because Uncharted is the PlayStation game that everyone gets. Yes. And so if you're talking to someone on Skype, we're talking to someone, uh, maybe we were talking to a podcast listener, the one game that we were all going to have is Uncharted. It's like that time everyone was playing Destiny for a while. You remember that? Yeah, or like when everyone used to buy Call of Duty games and it would just be the thing you play because everyone has it. It's like, yeah. more like a thing to do in the background whilst you chat. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good for that. But the best Naughty Dog multiplayer is definitely The Last of Us. And it's probably because instead of just saying, let's tack on a multiplayer, they've sat there and thought, how can we make multiplayer work in this universe? Yes. And that always feels so much better. Um, And they need to start doing something different with Uncharted multiplayer. It looks like they're doing that. Uh, They're going to be... There's going to be an open beta soon. It might be a closed beta. I can't remember. But it's coming soon. And uh, PSX is, is, I think, this weekend, actually. And I'm really excited for that because there's going to be loads of stuff there. But we're going to discuss that at the end of the show, I think. Yes. Let's get on with this email. He's not finished yet. Um, So we've answered that question. Also, Ben, as someone who hasn't played a WWE game in a few years... Oh, he hasn't played a WWE in a few years. Is the new one worth buying or is it a rent? I think any game is worth a rent if you're interested because you've got nothing to lose. Is it worth buying? No. No, it's not. <laughs> okay. I, it doesn't do... Mm, I don't know. I was disappointed with it because I was really looking forward to 2K15 and that was a big disappointment for me and 2K16 has somehow taken a step back. If you watch the product, then there's something there for you. If not, I don't know why you'd be interested really. But it's uh, it's it's good fun if you've got some friends there and... Uh, the showcase mode with Stone Cold Steve Austin is good fun for for the few hours that it lasts. So yeah, give it a rent. I would. What's the product? A TV. Oh, is that what they call it? The yeah, product? yeah. Sorry, that's like this wrestling language is like its own thing. Uh, it yeah. sounds like drugs. <laughs> if you're hooked on the product, man, then it might be worth a rent. <laughs> yeah, no, give it a, give it a try if you if you watch the shows the shows. Congratulations on the 100th show, guys. Look forward to hearing and watching what's to come. And if you ever make it to Nauticum, I'll buy you a few beers and get you some Maryland chicken. Love you, bye, Jim. Don't you joke about that, Jim. If you've got Maryland Nauticum. chicken there, you, you better not be fucking holding back on me. Yeah, we do like Maryland chicken. I checked their and website. They've only got, they're only in Leicester, and there's one in London and maybe one in Birmingham, and that's it. Nottingham is very close to Leicester, isn't it? Uh, well, I mean, it's you go, you go past Leicester to get to Nottingham from where I am. So maybe they do have Maryland chicken. I wouldn't. I, I doubt the Maryland website is the most accurate thing. <laughs> like a virus yeah. spreading <laughs> through the country. <laughs> yeah, I'll get uh, Maryland wherever it's at, man. Yeah. And finally, just to finish off PSR Q&A, mm. we have uh, iTunes review. Oh, goody. Which is very, very... I think we've not read this one out, but we love iTunes reviews. And if you've not left one, please go and leave us one because it gets us more listeners and all this kind of stuff. This one is entitled Definitely a Five Star Review. Great podcast. And it's by Jambalon Man. Okay. Good name. I've been listening for two years now and finally got around to giving you an iTunes review. You bastards. It's obviously to do with the little jingle. I originally started listening because I wanted a podcast that would keep me up to date with the latest PlayStation news and game reviews. (laughs) (laughs) What I found was a thoroughly entertaining podcast with funny, interesting presenters. Due to a lack of other podcasts that rise to this standard, I recently went back and listened from episode one to catch up on the ones I missed, Why? and even found myself re-listening to the ones I'd already heard. Oh my. They were that entertaining. What a delightful man. Or I know. Woman. Can't wait for, well, Jamble on Man, probably a man, isn't it? Uh, maybe transitioning, you don't know, man. It's 21st can't, century. Open your mind, can't wait, for, can't wait for episode 100, and I hope yeah. for hundreds more to come. 
Keep up the great work, Ben and Simon. Thanks very much, Jan Bolan. Did, did he sign that off as Ben and Simon, or was that addressed to us? It was addressed to okay, us. Okay, that's good. Right, You read that weird. I was confused. <laughs> when did we leave that review? Yeah, thanks, man. That's really nice. We're going to carry on doing the podcast as long as we don't uh, want to kill each other for. So yeah. So probably a couple of weeks, maybe. Mm-hmm. That's like, uh, yeah. We probably won't get another show until February, though. <laughs> I already know what games we're going to talk about in the next one. Yes, you do, because I cut you off earlier with my yeah. with my smooth transition. We're going to talk about Soma. Yeah, I need to know what that is, which would be nice. I've it's a very, it. very good game. Yeah. Talk about that next week. I've heard all about it. But first, let's do the news. News. PSR UK News, bringing you the latest news from across the world of PlayStation and beyond. With William McPinch and Bobbert Bignuts, this is PSR UK News. Here's today's headlines. PS2 emulations is coming to PS4 with trophies. Vita is getting a game. Final Fantasy VII's PS4 port has trophies leaked. And Demon's Souls might get released on PS4. Howdy do day, I'm Willie McPinch. There's about to be way more shite games for Platinum Horse to spill themselves on. Yes, Willie! A report by Digital Foundry tested out some old games being released in a Star Wars bundle. They found that they're all running on a PS2 emulator that's been added to the PS4 in a previous firmware update. But the big news is that these emulated PS2 games can have trophies added to them. Sony has since confirmed the feature, and we'll hear more on this during next week's conference. That's just lovely. Now some more good news. Vita is actually getting a game, but if we all avoid buying it, it'll be out on the PS4 next month. Yes, it will. Big Fest is the festival simulation game that was teased way back in 2013. Think of it as Roller Coaster Tycoon, but instead of roller coasters, it's stages. Wow. Did somebody say souls? I fucking love their games. That's only because you love things that inflict pain, Willie. But yes, there's rumours that Demon's Souls could be released on PS4. Demon's Souls is the first game in the Souls franchise that later led to Bloodborne on PS4. The rumour started because of a tweet from From Software that shows the PS3 game on top of a pile of Bloodborne games. People have jumped to conclusions, but Demon's Souls being released on PS4 would be nice. That was this week's top stories. Now it's over to Simon and Ben to discuss them. I'm Willa McPinch, and until next time... Go and watch my Dark Souls video review on YouTube. You should. That was a good video. Uh, any news worth discussing? Obviously, we've got the uh, PS2 emulation. That's, PS2 um, emulation's a big deal. It is, isn't it? We're going to so hear a lot more about that. Yeah, we had PS2 emulation on PS3. Mm-hmm. So you'd buy a game like, say, Max Payne did it. you buy Max Payne, and then you'd play it, and your PS3 would essentially turn into a PS2. So you couldn't access the XMB or anything whilst yeah. you were playing it. It was very and stripped you, down. You couldn't get any trophies or anything like that. This seems like it'll be the same sort of thing where you have to buy a game, download it, mm-hmm. um, but the emulation will run kind of inside the PS4. Right. So you can still access some of the features. 
Um, I'm guessing maybe you share stuff. Um, but the one we know for sure is the trophies are, are part of it. And yeah, that's, that's, they, that's yeah. a big deal. That's a big deal. And uh, hopefully... Hopefully it'll be for a number of games, not just a not just a select few that there are already in HD collections and stuff like that. Yeah, but what what it means is that they can just take a game and without doing any work, add some trophies to it and put it on the PS4. So yeah. for them, there's no reason why they shouldn't add tons. It would be awesome. There are definitely some games I would I would love to play on PS uh, PS2 games on PS4. Time yeah. Splitters, I need that, please. Um, they don't need to do anything to it, do they? Just make it play. Mm-hmm. Just make it play. Uh, but that's exciting, and we're going to hear more about that at PSX, which I believe is either, oh, I think is this Saturday. Cool. Which I'm very excited for, because yeah. there's going to be all sorts of stuff there. And speaking of PSX, Simon, I thought we could do some predictions. Just a couple of things you might yeah. think we're going to see, because they're going to be announcing all, sort of st- all sorts of stuff. And it's always nice, because last year it was sort of a fan, It well, it is a fan revolving event right so it's it's all fan crowd pleasing consumer base pleasing kind of announcements and stuff so there's going to be some good things there yeah is there anything that you can think of off the top of your head that you think is going to happen i'm going to go in order of what i think is likely to happen right starting at something that's likely going all the way down to something that i think is very far fetched mm-hmm. so we're going to start with playstation now they're going to talk about it. They're going to show something off about it. Right. Um, and maybe they might mention that these PS2 games can also be on PlayStation Now. Okay. Um, then we're going to go to From Software. Yeah. They have made Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. They've released the first DLC. Yeah. Dark Souls 3 is coming out. Mm-hmm. And after that, we have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. I think they will be there in some capacity, whether it's just more Bloodborne DLC or Demon's Souls coming to PS4, which that rumour was a bit kind of, I don't know. I'm mm. not very... I'm sceptical about that rumour. because it's, it's just a Twitter picture of a picture of a game, you know. Yes. Um, but I would like to see that, and it could even be Bloodborne 2. It could Who be. Knows? Supposedly they, are move, they do want to move away from Souls games, but that's exactly what someone would say if they didn't want to admit they were making a Souls game. So yes, or nice. maybe they will show off what they want to do after Souls games. Maybe we'll try something else. Yeah. But I think this from software could be there. They've got a good relationship with Sony and yes. we don't know where they're going next. That's a little bit far-fetched though. Um, Resistance sequel. Right. Getting even more far-fetched now, aren't we? We are. I think um, uh, Insomniac, they've all died, right, in a horrible accident. Yeah, but not necessarily Insomniac. It could be anyone else. Yes, you're it right. It could be the people that make The Order. Mm. I was almost I was almost going to put them on the list and say an order the order sequel, the order eighteen eighty seven it's a bit it's a bit soon for that I think that we want we want that we do and now the one that I think is very far fetched but I'd like to see something okay. something Bioshock related right something to do with them who's who's who do you reckon will be making that I don't even know where Ken Levine is <laughs> I think he's making mobile games or something maybe he'd I don't know I'd just like to see something Bioshock related it would um, be nice two K still own the rights to that. Yes, I think they do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think they do. Uh, I've got a few predictions as well. They're yeah. all related, one after the other. And I was thinking a lot about this recently anyway, even before the, as we heard in the news there, that the trophies have leaked for the Final Fantasy VII remaster. So not the remake, but the remaster. It's already out on Steam. 
with achievements and and so on. It's out on fucking iPad. So it's made no sense because it missed its window towards the end of last year. It missed its summer window this year. It missed its uh, autumn winter um, autumn window this year. And so we still don't know what's happening with it. And I was thinking the Final Fantasy VII remaster. Oh, the remaster. Wasn't the remaster, not the, the remake. The one getting completely remade. Yes, but not the remake. Can't pay attention to what I'm saying. Oh, so it's not completely remade. It's just coming no. out in the PS4. You remember when they trolled everyone and they said Final Fantasy Seven and Seven and everyone went, "Oh my god, remaster!" Well, the trophies oh. have been leaked. That was in the news just then. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. And I'm, what I'm saying is, before Jesus Christ, were you listening? No, <laughs> I didn't think so. Before, even before they leaked the trophies, I thought that's got to be showing up at PSX, right? So okay. the first prediction is that it will be at PSX. The next prediction will be the, that it'll be cross-buy on PS4 and Vita. And the next prediction is that it will be available now. That'll be what they say. You think they're going to say on the store right now? On the store right now, the Final Fantasy VII Remaster. It's available now. It's got trophies. It's cross-buy. And it's fifteen <laughs> That's... That's the limit of... Basically, I just want it to happen. I, I really want to fucking play that game again. Didn't and you play it on PS3? Yeah, fuck yeah, I played it on PS3. I played it on PSP. I played it on PSP Go. I played it on PS1. It's been long enough. I want to play it again. I want to get those trophies. I want to be able to share screenshots and stuff. Uh, I, you know, I want to play it. I'm okay. excited. Fair enough. So that's my prediction. I think it's it's a whammy of Final Fantasy VII Remaster predictions but i think it's going to happen i think now's the time for it to finally be released into the mm. wild uh, but that's Next it prediction that's what i got that's just it. final fantasy 7 just final fantasy 7 that's four final fantasy 7 predictions for you you're lame you're lame <laughs> <laughs> i and think that's, that's uh, is that what you got yeah is that what we got end of the news let's, uh, let's go to the end of the show then let's do that oh hello didn't hear you come in I'm esteemed voice actor Richard McGonagall, and what I find goes best with a glass of brandy, open fireplace, and my best smoking jacket and slippers is a good episode of PlayStation Radio UK. You know you want to be like me, so go on, get listening. End of the show, end of the show, end of the show. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I know it takes a lot of concentration and it's sometimes hard, but uh, we made it to the end. Before Simon gets into his spiel about the spiel and spielens, there's uh, a Game of the Year post on our Facebook page. It's stuck right to the top. Throughout December, we want you to list your top five games of the year. They have to be PlayStation games, and it's all explained there. You can either post it in the comments or email us with them or tweet them to us or whatever, and everyone's PS4... No, I'm lying. Everyone's PlayStation top five games of the year will be aggregated and assigned points and stuff and in our january show when we run through our games of the year we'll run through the listener games of the year as well but we need your help we need you to get involved so go to the facebook page and seal the info there where can they find that simon www.facebook.com slash playstation radio uk that's the one yes look at this guy he's on it and you can also go to our website, www.placingradio.co.uk. It's got links to our Facebook, our Twitter, our PSN IDs. Everything's on there. Twitter's at PS Radio UK. And check out YouTube. There's always stuff going up there. Oh, YouTube.com yeah. slash PlayStation Radio UK. PS4 community. Yes. Get on our PS4 community and, and love us and, you know, put, post your screenshots and whatnot in there. 
Yeah, that'd be nice. We like your screenshots. Fill us with your screenshots. Tell us what game you're playing. If you want to play with someone on a certain game, why not ask in the community? Why not post in the community and have it ignored for several days until someone goes, yeah, I'll play. That's because that's because we have way more listeners than we've got in that community. You're right. We've got the hundreds of thousands of listeners. And I, I reckon that um, most of our listeners have PS4s. I would, I would think so. I would so, think so get in that community. Yeah. Come and join in. Say hi. We're always there. We're very approachable. We're lovely people. Simon's not. I'm a lovely person. You can come say <laughs> hi to me. Uh, but it's all good. Hey, buddy, you got yes. anything else you want to say? Nope. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. We're going to try, I think we're going to try and get a couple more shows out before Christmas. I think we can do that, can't we? We'll do a yeah. PSX show next week. And uh, and then a wee crimbly, crimbly, uh, wambly, wamble, ramble. Yeah. A cramble. We'll do a cramble. Hey, thanks for listening, everyone. Love you. Love you. You've been listening to the PlayStation Radio UK podcast. To find out more, go to www.playstationradio.co.uk or follow us on Twitter at PSRadioUK. So, if you've never played a computer game, don't dismiss them. There are games for all mentalities. It's just that the good games are hidden behind a massive cr-